This is the Flavor of Leadership podcast. I am your host, Clint Hoops. Together, we explore the unique blend of leadership wisdom that helps top leaders consistently achieve work goals, develop personally, and find fulfillment with family. Let's get started. This is Flavor of Leadership, episode number 44. There is so much happening in the world right now. It just seems like it can be daunting and overtake most everyone's space within their minds and it seemingly seems to creep into most conversations that we have. Do you feel that way? I know it seems that way. It seemed that way for over the last year especially, but it just continues to happen. And I know this isn't the first time that we've lived in such a world and and nor will it likely be the last. These kind of things happen and they do. They impact every part of our lives. Actually reminds me of of another time earlier in my career. Wasn't quite as crazy of a time as it is right now, but I did have an employer that put many of the leaders of the organization through a training on the, the short book called Who Moved My Cheese by Spencer Johnson. This book, you may have read it. It was released in 1998, sold tens of millions of copies. And at the time, at the company, we were going through a time that was involving a ton of change in our industry and the company. And and this training and book was meant to help us handle that change around us a little bit better, helps be more prepared for the change. So the story that is within the book is a parable. It consists of a story about two mice. Their names are Sniff and Scurry, as well as two mice-sized little people, right, little humans, called Hem and Haw. So both the mice and the little people spend their days in a maze. So they're in this maze throughout the day, and they are looking for cheese. And one day, what do you know, they find some cheese, a big stash of cheese. And the cheese that they find is a metaphor for us for what we want in life or what we want in work, right? So the cheese is what we want, what we're searching for. So in short, they all eventually find this big stash of cheese, the mice and the little people. And they proceed to go back each day to the same spot within the maze to get their cheese. And they have no problem getting it each day. And then they go home at the end of the day. And then the next morning, they they wake up and they go right back to the cheese, right where it was in the same place every day. They get pretty comfortable with the arrangement, right? And the two humans, they expect that the cheese stash is always going to be there, right? But the mice, they are more skeptical than that. So the mice, they continue to show up early each day, eat the cheese, go home, and the mice are not surprised when one day, guess what? They show up and the cheese is gone. Cheese is gone. So what do the mice do? Well, they knew that this day would come eventually and decided that they would just immediately go into the maze and continue looking, look for more, look for the next opportunity, right? Later that day, because the little people 
They expect the cheese to be there so often, they started coming later in the day. But what did they find? Wow, the exact same thing, right? No cheese. But they don't begin looking immediately for the new cheese like the mice did. Because they expect that the cheese stash will come back. It'll probably come back right where it was before. So they don't worry about it. They take their time, which you can see right in the story why they're called him and Ha at this point. So Ha, he eventually decided, hey, this is not going to work out for us if we just sit here and wait. And he decides to push through his fear. He realizes, okay, what can there be worse? There's no cheese here. It may come back. It may not. But he decides to push through his fear and goes back out into the maze and searches for new cheese. And not to ruin the story, you know, he eventually finds it, right? He eventually finds new cheese. And the book, it's pretty straightforward and it's pretty short. But there are some great lessons, which is why I believe it's been a top-selling book for for many years. I've only given you kind of a top-level highlights, you know, from the book. So there are many insights to glean by reading it. So there's a there's a link in the show notes if you want to be able to find the book. But I want to share a few of the quotes that are within the book that I think can help with with our discussion today. Perhaps the most popular quote from the book that you have that you've perhaps heard before is this one. They ask the question, they pose the question, what would you do if you weren't afraid? Right? So in the story, Hem and Ha, they were afraid. Right? The cheese wasn't there, they didn't know what to do, and they were afraid to move on and go keep searching. They became so comfortable with getting exactly what they've always had, right? finding what they wanted most in the same place. But when it was no longer there, they got nervous, didn't know what to do. So asking the question, what would you do if you weren't afraid, helps inspire action, right? Helps inspire action. I've often asked myself this exact same question when leading a team. Often it it truly is my own fears that are determining my decisions or causing me to pause when really I should be acting. So if your fears are in the driver's seat, that's when you need to ask yourself this question. What would you do if you weren't afraid? There's another quote that goes like this. It says, what you are afraid of is never as bad as what you imagine. The fear you let build up in your mind is worse than the situation that actually exists. I know this has been true for myself, where sometimes I will imagine something, right? And you'll begin to to let those fears take over instead of your faith in, in what you're doing and in your direction when things change. So sometimes I actually like to use this to my advantage, right? Imagining the worst situation and that our situation is typically better than we often imagine. Sometimes I will actually go, once I've been able to get my head around things and I'm ready to act, I will often actually think of the absolute worst case scenario I can even imagine so that my mind can begin to recalibrate and actually realize how ridiculous that outcome can be, that worst case scenario, and how purely unlikely this absolute worst case scenario truly is. And it actually, like I said, helps me recalibrate and helps me get things 
in my head clearly once again so I can act. Because it's not nearly as bad as I imagined in my head. Even the more simple scenario that I might think, it's, it's not very likely. So it's okay. Don't let those fears stop us from acting. And if some things do happen, no big deal. Deal with them when they actually happen. So another, another quote in the book that I really love, they say, being in the uncomfortable zone is much better than staying in, the cheese, in a cheeseless situation. So what is a cheeseless situation? Well, cheese, the cheese is the metaphor for what you want most. So a cheeseless situation is a situation where you don't have what you want, whatever it is that you want, whether that's in your personal life or work, what is the thing you want? What results do you want? What, you know, what pay do you want? What, you know, fill in the blank. What situation do you want? And being a little uncomfortable is typically the price you have to pay in order to get the thing you want, especially if the thing you want has recently disappeared or the situation has changed. So whether that's an outcome we desire or a goal we want to accomplish, whatever it is, we will likely be uncomfortable. So just realize that now. And that's okay because it's much better to be a little uncomfortable and growing than staying in a situation where we don't get what we want. Our last podcast, we talked about about how sometimes the only way we can grow is through these difficult, uncomfortable situations. And that's where we're at. Push through the fear. We can't get paralyzed. We just have to move and we'll begin to feel better. And once we make and we'll make some progress just by acting often, even if the decision we make or the direction we go isn't right at first, the action will make us feel better. And we can always course correct. Once again, talk about the worst case scenario. It's okay to course correct. So in our current world, there are so many people that are saying the exact same things as the characters in this book, right? They're saying, who moved my cheese? What is different in this world? We have everything from staffing shortages. Maybe you're dealing with a lot of these, right? I know a lot, I see signs all over now, you know, in restaurants or different places saying, you know, excuse the wait time. We're short-staffed or whatever Whatever the situation is. There are people, there are now hiring signs everywhere. And maybe you are dealing with the exact same thing on your team or your company, just like some of these other companies right now. Or perhaps you're dealing with something else. Maybe you're dealing with product shortages or supply chain issues that are driving the cost of your product or service up or just making it impossible to do your work altogether. And you might be thinking the same thing. Right? Who moved my cheese? Who, who changed the game here for us? So what questions are you asking yourself? Are you currently paralyzed and you know waiting for things to go back to the way they were? I think most everyone at this point is no longer expecting everything to go back to the way it is, right? And so, or the way it was rather. But people are waiting, when will things normalize somewhat, right? When will things stabilize? And the short answer is we don't know. None of us know. People try to act like they know, but we don't know. So in the end, trying to guess what's going to happen is impossible. So we have to take the data we have, the information we have, and make the best move we have. But making no move is probably the worst move we can do, right? For a short time, 
Of course, sometimes it's best to to sit and wait and kind of see for a little bit what's going to happen. But for the most part, something needs to happen. And typically, the reason we're not acting is because of fear. Typically, we're paralyzed because of some sort of fear. And we may not describe it that way, but we are scared to make the next move or the next decision because we're afraid of what will happen. And so it's not bad to be afraid of the unknown or to be unsure of the next move. That's normal. But it's only bad if you stay paralyzed by that fear and frustration and then don't act. The people you lead will follow suit. And they will also be fearful if you're fearful. So here's the challenge. Think about what move you would make to help your team or your company move forward today if you had no fear. So what would you do for your team or your company if you had no fear today? And consider doing that very thing, even when there's uncertainty, or especially when there's uncertainty. Do something. The people you lead will follow suit with action as well. They'll do the same thing, and they'll follow. They're looking for someone to lead in times of uncertainty, and that's you. You got this. Until next week. Thanks for joining me on this week's episode of the Flavor of Leadership podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share it with a friend, and if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at flavoroflleadership.com. Thanks for listening.